welcome back to another episode of History Creeps, episode 28. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Chavez, and tonight I'm joined by an artist whose artwork was considered so astounding, he was commissioned by the king himself. Yes, the king, Mankutobi of Nigeria, Johnny Townsend. Thank you. That's right. He sent me an email, and he said... (laughs) (laughs) and he said he needed me to send him some artwork and five thousand dollars but it's all right because i'm going to get like a million dollars back so guys i'm going to be all set awesome awesome (laughs) maybe we can uh, help elevate the podcast even more yeah Uh, and as always with us tonight our other co-host uh esteemed author uh if you've ever read the book 50 shades of gray or uh or the other book everybody poops you may have heard those authors talk about this guy Author of House on Dead Boy Lane, Carter Johnson. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Yes, the author of Everyone Poops loves my book. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and Fifty Shades of Grey. Those two books, there need to be a book in between that links both those books. <laughs> there is one. It's called Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's just getting out there now. Oh, man. So we're back. <laughs> We're back again, guys. Um, back off of the new year. Our new, our, what's this, the second episode of the new year? Mo- so. Mothman was our first, right? Yes. Awesome. So we're back. It's episode 28. And uh, tonight's going to be a little bit more fun. In the studio, we have uh, a guest just kind of hanging out. He's just going to listen. He wants to listen in on the show. He's a fan of the show. And he's also a co-host on another podcast that I'm a, a, a host on. Back Issues comic book podcast, Anthony Mullen. Say what's up, dude. What's up, dude? <laughs> You're such a dork, dude. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> so Anthony's going to be chilling and listening in. Um, you're a huge fan of our show. I told you I love this show. You're so weird, dude. It's weird when you start fanning out towards me about it, and I'm like, this, that's weird. Stop. I don't, I don't, I was, fan, I don't <laughs> fan out that bad, but it's like every other week... Every week I get a history fix or a creepy fix. I get lore on one week, and then I get you guys on the opposite week. It's perfect because you guys each like get that like little like oh cool. That's good. Cool. Every every time that Carter tells, every time that Carter tells me that you you fan out, it weirds me out. <laughs> I never tell Carter that I fan out. I tell Chris, but okay. <laughs> because because I'm a because we're friends, Anthony. So it seems weird when a friend of mine says they really like something that I'm involved with. Well, here's the funny thing, like, <laughs> like, and it's funny That's because odd to you, dude. I'm not what used to positive people, reinforcement. What kind of people do you hang out with, man? Well, here's the funny. My self esteem is low. <laughs> here's the funny thing. Um, it's like we we all do we do podcasts, obviously. Um, I I don't think any of my friends listen to my podcast. I know my brother listens to a few of them. Um, but when the, a, a friend of mine who's also a co-host of a podcast that I do listens to my other podcast and becomes a huge fan of it, it is kind of weird. Well, I think it's funny because we all three, <laughs> like you and me, we all collectively all listen to each other's shows and we're like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. Like, you know, they all listen to Back Issues and we all listen to History Creeps yeah. and Retro Bliss. And, you know, it's a little incestuous <laughs> family. I like oh, it. Oh, hold on. To be fair, I listen to Back Issues just to hear if my name's brought up. Uh, <laughs> did you hear the new episode? No, not yet. Is oh, we brought up. Oh, oh yeah. Listen. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is. It is actually right Stroke at the beginning. Stroke his ego, dude. Stroke his ego. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so the way we My do. My parents things... listen to the podcast. Does that count? Do they really? The history. This one. Hi, mom. <laughs> do they really? <laughs> hey, yeah, mom. Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. Hello. Thanks for listening. 
Well, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson on one side, Mr. and Mrs. Prawl on the other side. Oh, sweet. Oh. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Ex- exactly. The whole family. Exactly. Dude, that's awesome. All right, so the way we normally do the show, Anthony, is, and I actually I don't even have to explain it. You know how we yeah. do it. We open with current creeps. Uh-huh. Uh, we come up with uh, stories that are in the news, some some weird things, some creepy things, uh, some unexplained things, and uh, we just get into them and discuss them, and then we get into our show. So today, uh, you're the guest on the show, so I'm gonna let you said you had something that if if none of us yeah. had, you would want to bring up, and none of us is, are actually talking about yeah. this. So what you what do you want to talk so, about? So um, I actually try to think about like trying to find some history, some creepy stuff that's happening currently, and uh, I remember this happened about a week or two ago. You said it was New Year's Eve because you remember you know yeah. what I'm talking about. So. Did you guys see this picture show up on Facebook? It was spreading. This guy took a picture of like his neighborhood, and there's like a demon in the, like a shadowy oh, I demon see figure. That. What do you guys think this thing is? It looked like a demon to me. My buddy was like, <laughs> "Dude, that's a, he's like he's like he's like has nobody ever seen pictures of palm trees?" And I'm like, "You friggin' chachi! Look at that! Does that look like a palm tree?" To you? <laughs> you Your brother's that? name is Chaunty. <laughs> Chachi. No, it's not. I, I don't have any brothers. I'm an only child. But my buddy, I call, oh. I, I call everybody Chachi. It, I was going to say, Joni loves Chachi, like right? dumbass or, you know. You're friends you, with Scott Bayo. You moron. I call him Chachi. <laughs> but it's like, this. Does, I'm looking at it right now. It definitely does not look a pom, like a palm tree. Do you think it looks like a palm tree, Chris? I don't think it looks like a palm tree only because there are no other. Well, I guess that might be another palm tree over there to the far left. Yeah, but up. But look, it like but distinctively looks like a head is on the top. Str- it is strange. I'll tell you, it is a very strange I mean, figure. Yeah, yeah, what is that supposed to be? The coconut. <laughs> Coconuts. I mean, I, mean, I see. The, I don't know. I'm like, it's kind of weird because like you kind of see how like it looks like two legs. The problem with like, the picture is that I mean, it, it could be a really tall dude wearing some black angel wings to a costume party. Who knows? But. New it's Year's definitely Eve. not a palm tree. It's uh, it, it's the only thing about it is that it was taken and it's really foggy, so it's it's kind of it's hard to say. That's yeah. the bad the bad. Looks part like of it. it like the big looks like it's like dusk, like like it's all yellowy looking. So it's um, it's definitely weird. When I saw that, I was like, ooh. But I, my first instinct was that it was a palm tree. It really well, was. You're from down south, so maybe you see palm trees more than me. Yeah, there were many times when I was walking through the foggy night, and a, and a demon would jump out at me, and I'd scream, and then realize it was just a palm tree. You're gonna punch it. You're like, ah, no, it's a tree. No. Um. Yeah, that was my instinct. Did you see this picture, Johnny? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it like just now because you guys brought it up. Oh, you should look it up. See if you can look it up right now. Just type in uh, Arizona demon New Year's Eve. Picture. Dear Google, <laughs> Arizona, but, what is it? Uh, demon, New Year's Eve. Watch, he gets oh, yeah. completely different. Right. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday, Betty White. I see that on my finger. <laughs> it's definitely not that. It's fitting that 95. this is. It's fitting that we open with a demon story because it's it's That's gonna. Good. It feels like it's gonna be a very creepy demonic night tonight uh did you see this picture yet it's okay yeah i found it okay. i just now found it what do you that, think it's a palm tree i there, hate to tell you guys but there's, there's palm trees but it, does look, it does look really weird though i will give you that do you guys have palm, weird. do you guys have palm trees in north carolina no but i'm well aware with it i've been coast, a we do. towards the coast right yeah i don't know i mean yeah that I've was been my to florida instinct. too i've seen a palm tree <laughs> but have you seen a palm tree in the fog? Then it looks like a demon. 
I've never a seen one of the palm tree. It does kind of look like it has a little head, though. I will give it that. I right. can see, see what Anthony was talking about when he said that. And it does seem like the, those are actual legs, like they're like it's perched yeah. or something. Is it? It is. Yeah. It is strange. Do you think it's just photoshopped? No, anything could be photoshopped, but I, but this is really foggy though. If it was photoshopped, I think it'd be easier to tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. not too bad. That's a creepy yeah. picture, but yeah, thank that's you. that's not bad. Thank, thank you, thank you, Anthony. Round of applause for Anthony. Round of applause. All right, golf, golf clap. clap, golf clap. Awesome. Golf clap. All right, um, who wants to go next? Johnny Carter. I can go. All right. Yeah, you go. <laughs> so mine's more of a just weird strange <laughs> and i guess kind of creepy but apparently there's this man in uh i want to get this place right i know it was in i was in the uk i thought it was in new york but i don't read it right it's north it's north york yorkshire so i turned it into new york when i was reading it uh, in the uk this guy was wanted for uh just for like traffic things like small things from the sounds of it, alleged traffic violations and he was supposed to show up in court, and he didn't show up. So they went out to find him. They even sent, they even used sniffer dogs and police helicopters, by the way. <laughs> Never found him. So what he decided to do is he started to haunt the police by posting videos of himself <laughs> dressed up dressed up as Waldo from the Where's Waldo books. <laughs> okay. And, and taunting them like crazy. Can you guys find this? These are amazing. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna have to look this up, but let me ask you something. You said that it, he, what happened? He missed court for traffic violations. He's supposed to show up in court for alleged traffic violations, and from the sounds of it, he just didn't show up. So they went after him. No, it doesn't say way. this article. It's on Huff, it's on the Huffington Post. It doesn't say uh, what the actual allegations or whatever he had done was. Just as traffic related. But like he would write posts like he said, this is a this is one of the posts. He goes, buddy, if they really knew how close they are to me, not a Scooby Doo where I am. <laughs> Even got sniffer dogs out. Dude, <laughs> and I'm I, laughing at them. I'm looking at a picture of him sitting in the bed of a hotel with the Sun, <laughs> uh, which is one of their newspapers, open in front of him, yeah. with his big just <laughs> shit eating grin on his face. Yeah, in his underwear. <laughs> that <laughs> is just. <laughs> Oh, dude, this is so amazing. That's just brilliant. <laughs> he said at one time, he goes, uh, he goes, he was close enough that he saw one of the officers looking for him pull out a wedgie from his pants <laughs> after trying to cut the garden fence. <laughs> That's great, dude. Oh, my God. I thought this was amazing. <laughs> he says, dude, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> but they sent dogs out for this guy. For traffic. He, eventually turned, he eventually turned himself in, by the way. Oh, he did? Oh, that's too bad. I, I kind of wanted him to keep going and open up an Instagram account and like make his way through <laughs> Europe. All across Europe, he's at like the Eiffel Tower. He's at the Rome Coliseum. It's all over the place. <laughs> Dude, these are great pictures, too. Like... <laughs> Some of these are just like the, this one of him sitting in the... Uh... In the bed, yeah, reading the sun, yeah, dude, that's yeah. grinning. That's gold, man. That that's, is gold. That's awesome. Love it. <laughs> that's that's definitely weird, and it's definitely creepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Nice. Yeah, it is a little creepy that he spent a weekend dressed like Where's Waldo. <laughs> I mean, 
you know. Yeah. All right, Carter, no what do you got? But all right, uh, mine is a little more close to home for me. Um, I, the theme park that I'm about to bring up is actually, or amusement park, I should say, uh, is old news, especially if you live around here. But there's an interesting component to it now. Uh, this place is in Beach Mountain, North Carolina, and it's called the Land of Oz. And it was opened in 1970 by this, which I did not know. Remember Tweetsie Railroad, Johnny? Yeah, it's still go. It's still going on today. That place is, is really it still going on. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I haven't been there since I was a kid, but you know, um, it's a, so it, those that don't know, Tweetsie Railroad is a huge place in the mountains, and it's a place for it's like a little uh, amusement park, but it has the main attraction. It's got a train that goes around. You can ride, and they do little shows on the train and stuff, like cowboy shows, like yeah. Yeah. You know, bank. They're coming to rob the train, and you know all yeah. that kind of good stuff. Um, up, uh, so up here we have a place called Fantasy Island. You ever been there, Anthony? On I, Grand Island, I used to go to Fantasy Island, Island all the time. And man. they have like this little Wild West section where they oh. put on live like gun battles and sh- and stuff like that. So and like they don't they have like a little train thing or something that goes around. I don't know if they have a train or, that goes around the whole park. I mean, I remember there was a train in like uh, the kitty section. Yeah, I haven't been there forever. <laughs> I know what you're really, talking Chris? about. Really, Chris? I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to talk about you're going to talk about a place called Does Tattoo Meet Me When I Get Off the uh No, dude, plane? it's actually Boston Plain. It's actually called <laughs> Fantasy Island. I know the when I first moved here, uh <laughs> I got an apartment that was right like right next door to the place. And when I I saw I was moving into a place next to Fantasy Island, I was like this is amazing. I love it. It's like this is going to be awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Anything I want is mine. Where's that little guy? <laughs> All right, sorry, dude. Let's go back no, to Oz. No, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, so this place was open for about ten years until 1980, uh, and apparently now it's it's open on the weekends in the summertime. <coughs> really? Um, it's based around you know the uh, the entire Wizard of Oz kind of experience. Like there's a there's a place that sort of replicates like uh, the uh, Yellow Brick Road. Um, there's another place that's kind of like Munchkin Land, sort of. Um, like, do you guys remember Return to Oz? Yeah, it was a little, it was a weirder version. That's kind of what it makes me think of. Like when I see pictures of it, it doesn't really look like the Wizard of Oz. It has more of a Return to Oz vibe to it. For, for those of our listeners that don't know, uh, Disney made a sequel, uh, to, uh, the Wizard of Oz, uh, called Return to Oz. And the star of it was Feruza Balk from The Craft. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it it is like a super dark uh Wizard of Oz movie. Like it's it it scared the hell out of me as a kid. Yeah. Really? Yeah, what makes what what's making this place even weirder now is it went for a period of what, twenty, thirty years where nobody where it just abandoned completely? Yeah, it just sat there. Yeah, so everything's overgrown, so it looks twice as creepy as it ever did. And let me tell you something. Um the you want to see something creepy because we're looking at the pictures of the place right now. Yeah. Look at those gnarled, pocked trees, dude. Yep. These tre- the right. faces on these trees. Well, these this is a nightmare. This is an absolute nightmare for <laughs> this is this was a theme park for children. Yeah. No. That would terrify me. Yeah. No. No thanks. No thanks. No. 
Don't, what would be worse is hearing little children like laughing as you're walking. Oh, through don't, even, don't even joke about that. <laughs> That's the worst. Uh, well, it, it, it makes you. It makes you. You know, this is one of those places where like urban explorers would go. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, you can actually you can actually find YouTube videos of urban explorers there. Yeah, you can. And I'm here to tell you, man. I write horror novels for a living. And I'm not going in this place. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, guys. I'll go in there if one of you three invents a friggin' proton pack and hooks me up with that. I'll go in there. That's funny. I don't care if people say it's not haunted. It's an abandoned amusement park. I didn't say it wasn't haunted. I said I don't. I haven't heard stories of it being. I, well, no. I see. That's the thing. I haven't heard anything either. It just looks that creepy. It's, that it's haunted. It just seems like. When you look at it, it's one of those places where you're like, "Wait, this this isn't haunted." Like it should be. You're kidding me. Like yeah, it looks yeah, like it should, should be. be yeah. Um, it looks like it, it was. So it was only open for ten years, from 1970 to 1980. Yeah. Yeah, and then they reopened it a little bit in the 90s, in the late 90s. But it was former employees that reopened it and did it kind of like as a reunion thing, you know? Yeah, I saw this here. It said then, that uh, it, an annual of a. It allowed the public to visit the private park. It was hatched in 1990s as a way to save what was left. Yeah. Uh, that's just creepy, dude. I don't know that I would. Why would you want to go? No. Mm-mm. I'm good. No, thanks. No, thanks. Don't need that in my life. Nice. I'll do it. Give me a jumpsuit, a ghost trap, and a proton pack. I'll go in there. <laughs> nice. I'll do it with just a baseball bat. Nice, nice. Give me a baseball bat and some baseballs. No place with baseball there. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you my, know what johnny give it give it enough time you play baseball in there and you won't be playing alone well Uh-oh. good i get lonely <laughs> if you build it they will come exactly um all right it's, little, it's my field of dreams <laughs> night all right, for my uh for my current creeps guys i'm bringing up it's an update actually actually i have a couple of uh, of creeps current creeps one's an update and then one's gonna lead us into our topic for the night so the current uh, creep update that I wanted to bring up was uh, I posted it on our Facebook page. A lot of people uh, I noticed were liking it and actually getting into it. Um, scientists say they may have new evidence in the D.B. Cooper case. You guys remember talking about D.B. Cooper? Were you on the show? You were show on the show then, Carter, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure. You guys remember talking about D.B. Cooper, the guy that uh, – Swindled the FBI out of what was it, two hundred two hundred thousand? The only, yeah, the only successful uh, airplane uh, what do you want to call that? robbery, hijacking, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, U.S. history. He took off, demanded uh, some parachutes, two hundred thousand in cash, something like that, uh, and jumped, jumped off the plane, and no one saw him ever again. Um, and it's always been a mystery as to whether or not. He got away, and then we even talked about. I think we talked about it on the show, or maybe even mentioned it after the fact. But I think it was like more recently, the FBI FBI decided to close the case. They were like, "We're never going to find out." There's every you know anyone who's anyone um, yeah. is not around anymore. Yeah, that was less than a year ago that they did that. Exactly. Yeah. So apparently, uh, and this is so cool, dude. This happened just this past week. Um, So it says a band of amateur scientists selected by the FBI to look for clues in the world's most infamous skyjacking may have found new evidence in the 45 year old case. They're asking for the uh, they're asking for the public's help because of the potential leads that could link the hijacker known as D.B. Cooper to the Puget Sound aerospace industry in the early 1970s. 
Scientific team has been analyzing particles removed from a clip-on tie left behind by Cooper after he hijacked a Northwest Orient passenger jet in November 1971. A powerful electron microscope found more than 100,000 particles on an old J.C. Penney tie, including cerium, strontium, I'm probably messing this up, strontium, uh, sulfide, and pure titanium. So basically, these these amateur sleuth science uh, detectives um, analyze this stuff using this these really cool high tech sciencey geeky uh, you know s- stuff gadgets. This microscope. And they realized that these particles, um, basically the only place you could come up in, uh, in contact with all of these three particles at once is at this aerospace, is if you worked for an aerospace company during this time. Because during this time, uh, when they were making Boeing's high-tech supersonic, you know, the, the transport planes, um, these, chem- these chemicals were part of the fabrics and part of the, the you know, supplies they used. So they're saying this guy was an employee of, of Boeing or a contractor during that time. That's big deal. And that makes sense, too, because you remember in the story of when it's happening, everybody said he had obvious knowledge of the airplane. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and the way he knew how, you know, where you needed to be for the, uh, the gadgets to not malfunction when you open, like all those different things. He knew exactly yeah. how to, how to he, have them fly. He even knew what height he needed them to fly at. And it was it was going towards Seattle, if you guys remember that, uh, when he jumped out and he and he went out over the the woods, you know that the forest, and so he would be familiar with the area if he was an employee of you know one of the aerospace places down at that time there at the time. Does anybody know if they had looked into this or if the FBI had looked into this at any point? The idea that he might have worked. Yeah, you know, for an aerospace company, for one of the airlines, for I don't know about. I remember that they did. They, they remember we talked about how they uh, they interrogated all the different people that worked at the different at the airports in the area and all the people who worked yeah. for Boeing. But that doesn't mean he didn't lie his way out of it. You know what I mean? If they could, can you imagine if they could just figure out and get the employee roster at the time that this happened? And just start narrowing it down, and then you take all those people, try to find their pictures, see if it matches up to all these sketches that they have of of DB. Yeah, yeah. And he's had to have told somebody. Somebody knows. Some somebody, right? I mean, how is this yeah. the best kept secret ever? It's so. Yeah how could how could you keep that a secret? I mean, <laughs> I, I would have to tell somebody. Yeah, I tell everybody I have a podcast, let alone rob a plane and drip off of it. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. So anyway, so if you're a listener and you know, here's the deal. It says, um, it says, uh, blah blah blah. The scientists would like to hear theories from the public on what those materials could have been used for. They hope the information can help build a profile on Cooper. Um, the public's help is needed, particularly from old timers with experience in the aerospace industry in the Pacific Northwest. Tipsters can reach the group through the contact tab on the Citizen Sleuth website. So. Uh, history creep listeners man if you're into this stuff or if you know anything about that kind of stuff uh see if you can't help out and see if we can't figure out who db cooper was can you imagine if it was a listener from the history creeps podcast that cracked the case and we figured out who db cooper was uh we we'd be we'd be heroes (laughs) they'd be right up here with one of us getting abducted by aliens helping our show (laughs) get reach out (laughs) oh man all right guys so my other um okay so my other current creep is kind of a sadder tone um 
this past week also i was actually last week thursday last week uh the 12th which is weird right before friday the 13th um famous author william peter blatty passed away at age 89 of cancer uh he was obviously well known as the author of the exorcist um carter you said this one kind of kind of hits you a little hard oh yeah oh yeah um i was uh i still am a catholic school survivor Mm -hmm. um and my freshman year in high school uh catholic high school we had a religion class and it went you know all the way through you had one period every day was religion and uh our teacher, who was this really cool dude, he had no choice. It was part of the curriculum. He had to do it. He showed us a video of what was what was purported to be an actual exorcism. And really, man, I've I've seen some I've seen some weird shit in my time, <laughs> but this one this one was like, I mean, it was a it was a uh, a young boy. And it wasn't it wasn't like something that you see on sixty minutes where it's like some third world country. Like th- this was somewhere in America. I mean, it was probably it was probably middle America somewhere uh, by the accents. What year like, was this? This would have been the year I saw it was ninety six. But the the quality of the tape. No, no. How old were you? Like when when you saw it? Oh, I was I was fifteen. All right. Had you seen The Exorcist yet? Oh yeah. Oh, you had already at, at what, 15, oh, yeah. you said? Dude, yeah. What about you, Johnny? Well, I know, Johnny, you don't even watch horror movies, but have you ever seen The Exorcist? That's what I, I have watched because it's more of a, I mean, it's a horror film, but it's, <laughs> I don't, like, like, it's I don't like the hack and, I don't like the hack and slash ones. It John, transcends the horror genre. Johnny's like, yeah. it's a documentary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a horror movie. It's a documentary. Dude, um, <laughs> this 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 video was so creepy and so odd that I don't know, it it uh it it shook me a little bit. I don't I don't typically believe in all of that stuff, but it was it was creepy, man. It was nice. scary. That's gonna lead us. And when, right. he, and when the teacher turned it off, we were all sitting there like, "Wow, you you can't show us the Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, but we can watch this fucking crap." Oh, sorry. Nice. <laughs> That's gonna uh, definitely lead us into what our topic for tonight is, because uh, the passing of Will- William Peter Blatty. He wrote the book The Exorcist, um, and The Exorcist. Did followed- he write the screenplay too? Yeah, he, he it follows the the story of a twelve year old girl possessed by the devil. Published in 1971, it sold over 13 million copies. Um, The movie was uh, starring Linda Blair, directed by William Friedkin, uh, exploded at the box office. And this, I remember, I've I've seen like documentaries on the making of Exorcist, and you can see these news reels of like this movie being one of these. Like it shows footage of, of people leaving the theater. Because it was too much, they couldn't take it. There was people vomiting in the theater. Like they would hand out <laughs> vomit bags for people going to see it in a theater because this movie was so intense. Because in 1971, this kind of stuff wasn't on film. It wasn't thrown in your face, and it was and to 
at today's standards, if you show this to show this to the average sixteen year old today, and they'll laugh, they'll be like, okay. You know, but this is. It's I think not- I, I think I read somewhere that they consider if you showed somebody today this movie who hadn't seen it before, they would think it's just really slow. Yes, exactly. They wouldn't get all the all the stuff that's going on with it, the psychological, you know, horror behind it, aside from yeah. the demonic and all that stuff. Um, but back then, it wasn't. I mean, you're talking about people who were going to see Saturday Night Fever. You know, or yeah. or grease. So all of a sudden, both are scary to me, though. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, Saturday Night Fever Dead is yeah. scary. Yeah. So in '71, you know, people are reading it, and it's it's already scaring the crap out of people. '73, the movie comes out, and Warner Brothers goes out of their way to make this look as realistic as possible. If you watch the the making of this stuff, you can hear about like a lot of the injuries that Linda Blair went through just being. Uh, put you know putting on a show as if she's possessed by a demon there's a, a a scene about this rig that holds her on the bed and flails her around and she's screaming in pain and the camera's rolling because they're assuming she's screaming like she's a possessed girl um it's crazy like i think they said that she had a couple slip discs in her in her spine because of it um but this this story was so shocking it, it it just blew the doors open for horror and, and just what you could do for with psychological horror. Um, I remember my dad tells a story about uh, himself and his two when he and his two brothers went to go see it in 73. I wasn't even born yet. So he was in his early 20s, maybe 20, 21. The three of them went to go see this film. Grown men. OK, they go see the film at night. They come back to the apartment and none of them wants to go to bed. You know, they they all end up sleeping in the same bed with the lights on in the bedroom all night long because they're so terrified of the content of this film, which is the possession of a person by demons. Like you said, you saw that and it it, it affected you in that way, Carter. Like imagine, I, I can I can only imagine because the, I see these things and I'm like these people had never having been exposed to that kind of horror before. That must have been even more jarring. You know what I mean? Like you'd already been through, you'd seen the movie, you'd already seen, you know, I'm sure you'd seen Nightmare on Elm Street by then. You'd seen yeah. Jason. You'd seen all that stuff. Oh yeah, my high school was right across from a blockbuster video, man. Oh man. <laughs> Holla. No, it, it's one thing when you watch The Exorcist <laughs> and you know, you know, I'm watching a movie. Yeah. It's another thing to be sitting in a classroom. You know, and have a teacher put this on and tell you this is real and then see it and go, wow, this is disturbing. Let Anthony know what a blockbuster video is, Chris. (laughs) I know what a blockbuster video is. It's going to be a blockbuster night. That's what's up, dude. That that's I love it, dude. Anytime I, I you say blockbuster, I'm like, oh, my heart warms. I remember, do you yeah. th- just those nights of walking up and down the, the horror shelves, just looking at the covers, reading the backs, and just being like, what do I want to watch tonight? You know what I mean, dude? That was the best job I ever had. Oh, best you you worked I at one? Had. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. It was. Um, it was. Oh, was best uh, job I ever had. Was nothing, Exorcist, nothing will ever top that. Was Exorcist hard to keep on the shelf around Halloween? Dude, around Halloween, we had to we we would get in boxes of stuff to sell, mm-hmm. and it was all like the blockbuster classics. Oh, Exorcist was you in know, it was there. Like, it, it was like it was like Exorcist, Halloween, uh, Night of Living Dead, um, all, like all the classic, you know. And we just stocked the shelves with nice. it, man. 
So Exorcist, man, William Peter Blatty passed away. Uh, now, the thing about this story, The Exorcist, um, and this is going to lead this leads us right to our story tonight. The Exorcist that we know, the little girl that was possessed, was actually uh, based on a supposed true story. William Peter Blatty was very famous about talking uh, when he would talk about the where he got the idea for the book. He would talk about how when he was in college um, at Georgetown, he remembers coming across an article about a series of articles that was written about um, a priest who talked about having performed an exorcism on a young boy um, and that fascinated him. So he had learned about it and, and read up on it. And the story that we know as the exorcist came from that. So the story that we're going to talk about tonight is the little known story of what the exorcist was based on um, before we talked about it. So both you, Johnny and Carter, you guys knew about this, right? You already knew the story behind it. I knew a little bit about it, but not, too much i i knew that he had looked at a real exorcism to base the to base the book on i knew it was based on what was claimed to be a true story and then i looked into it from there just because that just that idea fascinated me because you know a lot of those movies mm-hmm. especially in the more horror genre or genre genre <laughs> as i like to say genre uh that a lot of them will say based on true events or it's based on a true story mm-hmm. and they really stretch things to to get it to that. But, you know, so I, I had to look into this just, just from it saying that I was like, well, I have to know what this story is really about. Yeah. And then when but, I, when I found out what happened, well, like basically what comes with this story, all, all the, all the specifics, you realize they didn't really have to stretch much. <laughs> no, no, it's very strange, odd, creepy story. Just the real thing that they claim happened. I guess him changing it to a little girl just kind of adds a creep factor to it. Yeah, supposedly. There's, there was a lot more to it with this. Um, so, okay, you guys ready to go back? Go back to the summer of 1948. Ooh. Oh, I didn't even know when it when it was from. Wow. 1948. Yeah, you're talking about just after the war. Uh, America's feeling good. Looking forward to the 50s on the horizon. 1948 in a little city called Cottage City, Maryland. There's a young boy. His name is Rob. We're going to go with Robbie, uh, which was what was named, written as the alias uh, in the journal of the, the priests um, where this story was found. Uh, it's also the, this story is also known as the Roland Doe case. So you could also refer to the kid as Roland. Um, but I think in the, in the guy's journals, it was written as Robbie. So anyway, this kid Robbie, uh, in the summer of 1948, spends a lot of time with his aunt. Um, who's a spiritualist and you guys know what spiritualism is like the spiritualist movement yep you yes know, when the women decided though whoever those i forget what their names were uh we should do a show on it in the future but the ones that started the whole spiritualist movement anyway it was this this huge movement that went across the country where people were using ouija boards and different um seance type things to communicate with the dead now, Robbie was an only child in his family. He had no brothers and sisters, no cousins his age, no one else to play with. But his aunt would hang out with him and play with him, and he was always showed interest in her Ouija board. So she always showed him how, she showed him how to use it, how to contact the spirits, and he spent all his time with her learning all these things. Early next year, 1949, January of that year, his aunt dies. And Robbie's devastated. He's devastated for a while. Um, I think for the first week they said he didn't talk to anyone. 
you know, he would mope around. He would stay in his room. He would clutch her Ouija board all the time. His mother would see him in the room always constantly trying to contact his aunt and talk to his aunt, and he would get frustrated because nothing would happen. And um, pretty soon thereafter, though, weird little things started happening in the family home. Uh, They would start hearing scratching on the walls, (laughs) knocking on the walls. Anthony's over here, like, shaking his head. No, like, I can't listen to this. This is too much. (laughs) Um, So, no, yeah, so these weird things start happening. There's scratching. There's knocking on the walls. Uh, Furniture starts to slide across the room by itself, and objects levitate and, and fly across the rooms by themselves. And it's always when he comes in the room or he's around. There was times when he would he'd be upset about something, and from across the room, uh, a glass would shatter. And the family was freaking out over this. They didn't know what to do. Uh, he's an X Man, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're not, yeah, right. Call Doctor or call Professor X. Um, yeah. <laughs> so during this time, um, he starts acting weird too. He's acting out in school. Um, he's spitting, just spitting at people and spewing out profanities and starts doing like weird little ticks and, and like weird glaring, you know, looks at people. And, uh, the family is becoming very concerned, especially when they wake up one morning and find he's got scratches on his body. And he says, he doesn't know how they got there. All these weird scratches. So the father, the, their father decides he wants to, he's going to go to visit their, their pastor. They're a Lutheran family. So they go and f- visit the family pastor And the pastor comes to the house and talks to the boy and he examines, you know, the scratches and stuff. And he tells the family that he wants to keep the boy at his place overnight to, you know, talk to him and just kind of observe him and see what happens. So that evening, the the pastor brings the boy over and they're having dinner. And sure enough, that stuff starts happening at his house. A plate goes flying off the counter. You know, the the table, one of the armchairs overturns um, and. He said, uh, I believe the pastor said he saw the levitation, like he saw the, the one of the tables levitate, come off the ground and then go back down. So he advises the family to approach the Catholic Church. Now, I don't know if you guys know much about the Catholic, Catholic Church in terms of exorcisms and how serious or not serious they take it. Um, but it's not easy to get an exorcism from the Catholic Church. You, if you, if you had a problem and you really thought you had a demon, something that you needed a Catholic priest to get rid of, um, it's I don't know. I think it could take months, even years, before the Vatican, before you know they say yeah, it's okay it to do it because it's such a dangerous danger like arduous task to to perform the rites of exorcism it's very physical they say uh when if you've seen the movie i've I've also i've I've also heard that they also if they're called to do one they'll they'll look into the history of it very i mean even today from what i understand because this still happens today it just doesn't happen very much right uh that uh they would look into the history of it try to decide if they actually think it is a demonic position or whatever or if it's a psychological, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Johnny. Sorry. Yeah. No, exactly. That's what I was going to say, Carter. Yeah. Or it was just some kind of a having some kind of mental health issue or something. Yeah. Because nine times out of ten, according to the church, that's what it turns out to be. Exactly. Um, in this respect, they, the the family decides to approach the Catholic Church, and they approach a guy named uh, the Roman Catholic Church, the, the the priest called Edward Hughes, uh, 
And upon first meeting the boy, Edward Hughes is reported to have said he saw nothing behind Robbie's eyes when he met him. It was like he, it was vacant. Um, and when I heard that, when I read that, it, the first thing I thought of, and I don't know if you guys are fans of Halloween, was uh, Dr. Loomis says that about Michael Myers, was that is basically the, you know, the first time he saw, that, saw him, there was nothing behind his eyes. It was pure evil. Um, yep. So it's creepy, right? So he, he sees this and he sees he, he meets the boy and there's nothing there. He said when he put a copy of the Bible near his near Robbie, the bed would start levitating and vibrating on its own. Uh, when when Father Hughes asked Robbie who he was, Robbie replied, I am Legion. For we are many. <laughs> yes. And if you if anyone if you guys are familiar with your Bible, um, Jesus uh in the, in the new Testament approaches a man who is said to be possessed by the, by demons. And when he asks who they are, they say, I am Legion for we are many. And he casts them out into, I think it's a herd of pigs and the pigs go and kill themselves, run off, off a cliff or, or into a water and drown themselves. Something like that. Do you guys know about this story? Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm aware religion, of it. Cl- religion class. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is, <laughs> but this is where this all comes from. This battle between good and evil, between the devil and God, between the demons and, and the holy. You know what I mean? So the the reply is, I am legion. He wants them to know we're demons. Um, and because of that, Hughes decides like this looks real. We need to do something about it. So they decide to bring him to the nursing unit at Georgetown University, and there they strap him down. And for three nights, they start to perform exorcism uh, rituals. And the whole time, the kid's like foaming at the mouth, you know, straining at the at the it's everything you see in the movie, you know, going aside from like the rotating head and, and the spewing of vomit. But like he's as he's going nuts. He's he's, you know, cursing out the priest. He, he's doing his best to rip out of the straps, um, using all kinds of different languages that no one had ever heard of. And there were reports that. It was it was in a wing where um, some of the nurses started questioning what was going on there, and they had to be ushered away and told that this this boy this boy was going through um, seizures, Se- certain kinds of seizures, some weird seizures and stuff. But it was so loud it was disturbing other patients. Uh, it says on the last night the boy allegedly slipped one of his hands out of the restraints, broke one of the bed springs from under his mattress, and slashed the arm of the priest during the exorcism. So that ended the exorcism. They had to stop so that the uh, the priest could get medical help, and they decided that they needed more help. This was this was too much for um, this priest that was performing these rituals. So the family moves the boy back to St. Louis with his relatives, and during this time, there's a cousin there that contacts uh, one of the professors at at the university he goes to, St. Louis University, and his name was uh, Ryan J. Bishop, and he knew a guy at college church uh, who was a priest, Father William S. Bowdern. And this is where the story comes out from because it, it's apparently or, or allegedly Father Bowdern's journals that the, this story comes from. Um, so the, the professor and the priest go to the family to talk to, to, you know, to talk to him and see what's going on. And while they're there, they observe like the shaking of the bed, the flying objects, the kids speaking in, in different voices and weird sounds, you know, growling. 
Um, and every time he was shown anything sacred, like a cross, or if he was splashed with holy water, he would react violently with it, you know? So Bowdern decided he was going to get permission from the archbishop to attempt another exorcism to try to save this boy. Um, so what they did is, again, they moved him to a hospital. This time they brought him to a place called the um, Alaxian Brothers Hospital, and it was on a wing that wasn't being used at all, so no one could hear him. Um, and a, this apparently this went on for six weeks. It was a six-week marathon of just exorcisms, and apparently they performed over 30 rituals during that time. Again, with this kid, you know, thrashing and going wild uh he would he would throw out sexual insults all kinds of crazy sacrilegious things uh he he would speak in tongues just 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 absolute craziness that says that it's alleged that they he definitely uh what was it i saw here oh so father bowden wrote this in there and they said that with their own eyes they could see his flesh erupt with scratches and that the priest claimed to see the words evil and hello etch itself out on the skin of the boy can you imagine seeing that well it sounds very friendly it's telling them hey (laughs) (laughs) hashtag i am evil hashtag evil inside yeah Uh, right and uh, it's very honest (laughs) yeah so yeah he's not trying to fool you or anything he's you know being honest about being evil yeah (laughs) but imagine just the like can you imagine just the psychological trauma even the family's going through this is going for six weeks like, yeah, even Reagan's exorcism in the movie is not six weeks. No, this is this is ridiculous. And apparently, though, at, what ended up happening was the priest said that he ended up exorcising the spirits. He baptized the kid and forced them to eat a communion wafer. And the, apparently, if you eat the wafer, that it means the Catholic Church has power over you. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not Catholic. Um, but anyway, so when he finally did this, um, oh, apparently first when they attempted to give him the wafer, he threw one of the priests straight across the room, the little boy, through the gr- grown man. Uh, and well, yeah, because they're, they're really dry. I mean, <laughs> so uh, a few of the a, a few of the people helping him held him that held the boy down and opened his mouth and they, they shoved the wafer in his mouth. But as they as he tried to pull this, his hand out, the boy ended up biting off one of the guy's fingers Um Apparently, though, the next day, you know, he woke up. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't as as easy as that yet. No. The next day he wakes up and you would think it was going to be okay, But all of a sudden the kid just starts screaming, Satan, Satan, and and going nuts and like looking at at the at the priest telling him he's going to kill him and and, and make him burn. And so the priest looks at him and just says, I am St. Michael and I command you, Satan and the other evil spirits to leave the body now. And then there was this huge guttural roar. And then the kid fell back on his bed and was sleeping and slept for like the rest of the day. When he woke up, he said he was fine. And in the like in the the journal or the reports, um, the priest says that the, the guy went on to have a normal life. Like he got married, had kids, led a regular life after that. <laughs> That's the incredible part of that. <laughs> So that was in the 19. 19- yeah, really. Let's think about that. He was a kid in 19 almost 1950, right? So yeah. it's 1950. It was 30 something years later. He was alive for the exorcist. How would you feel if you found out that the movie that came out was based on the shit that happened to you? And did he did he sit in the theater and was he I like I know Jay and Silent Bob on him and be like, "Where's my freaking movie check?" 
Would he? Would, I, I don't think he, from what I understood, I don't think he ever wanted to be identified ever. Yeah, that's what I found out that like you could never find out who it was for sure because yeah. that was the case. He didn't want to be known. But do you think he sat in that theater and he was like, that's not how it happened? Come on. He probably did. He probably didn't I even mean, know if it. you if you knew it, if you knew that that's what it was, how could you resist doing that? I w- I would have to. I would have to go I would have to go check it out. So what's your guys thoughts on the story, the true story behind the exorcist? Was he could That's it could very it be, similar to the exorcism that I saw. Yeah, could it be that he was possessed or do you guys believe that is possible or do you think it was because let me tell you something in 1993 there was a book that came out uh, it's called Possessed the True Story of an Exorcism authored uh, Thomas B Allen and he, he says in the book that today's consensus of experts think that Robbie was a d- deeply disturbed boy there was nothing supernatural about him um that there was you know Psychiatrists today would say he suffered from mental illness. And to priests, this was a case of demonic possession. To writers and film video producers, this was a great story to exploit for profit. Uh, but overall, the boy was basically mentally, like he had problems mentally. So with that in mind, what do you guys think? Do you think that's the case? Do you think this was a boy who needed more psychiatric help uh, rather than Catholic help? Or do you think that this was possible, that, that maybe something you know, decided to control him for a while. Well, if you look at it, if you look at it from a certain standpoint, you know, the Catholic Church, when they perform exorcisms, they're not really, it's not like it is in the movie in the sense of when the priest shouts, the power of Christ compels you, the power of Christ compels you. Exactly. (laughs) The Catholic Church's understanding of that is not that you're saying the power of Christ. What you you you're saying it, but what you mean is the power of light, the power of good, the power of being a white hat. Um, and you're driving out evil. It's not necessarily, you know, demons or it doesn't. It doesn't always have some any kind of religious. So your your thoughts, Car- like your, that. your thoughts, Carter, is your belief is that there was some evil at work. Uh, not not it didn't have to be demons, God, that kind of a thing. But there was some sort of evil at work here. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, the Catholic Church, what you were saying a minute ago, the Catholic Church looks at most of these exorcisms now as some kind of um, mental problem. They only have, I think, it's one priest that still performs exorcisms the exorcist yeah it literally is the exorcist now they have a couple but it's not near as many and this is from um i heard it somewhere recently they were talking about exorcism in general and they only have a few that do it now but it's still done today they just it's very 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 rare have you guys seen this controversial like tv evangelist preacher guy that does exorcisms over skype I heard about this. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about this. I can't remember his wow. name, and I wish I would have looked it up for this show, but when you were saying that, yeah. it totally came to mind. So, well, listeners, check it out. Look him up. He's just uh, this – I, you could probably just put on exorcisms over Skype, preacher, whatever, and find him. Well, it, and here's the thing I want to say. Like, this happened in the in the late 40s. Yeah. It's a different time, different understandings than what we have now. Yeah. 
So they know a lot more about mental illness and mental health now than we ever did before, especially compared to then. Yeah. So let's, so let's just say that it was some sort of mental illness. So they wouldn't know how to deal with it. I was, uh, watching this is a new series that I think it just ended, but it was really short. It's about Scientology uh-huh. and, and Scientology is very much anti psychology and psychologists. They think they're evil. Right. And <clears throat> apparently recently this one kid, he was like, uh, he's like Anthony's age in his early twenties. And he, his brother was a Scientologist. And in that, if, if your family turns to get Scientology, you become an enemy of that church and they want everybody that's still a Scientologist to kind of turn against them and disconnect and never talk to them again, that kind of thing. So that happens, and it's this guy's brother, and, and they were really close, and his brother disconnects with them, so he loses it. He's, he already had kind of mental issues before, and he loses his mind, and he throws a brick through the church window or something oh, like that, wow. the Scientology church window. So anyway, it come, what came to light, though, was they knew that he was having these issues, but... I don't know all of Scientology. I just know some of the stuff that I've read and studied. But they <laughs> apparently, when somebody has a mental illness or something like that, they think of it as uh, the way they can fix it is they'll lock you in a room. I for, it's called something if it's really bad, but I can't remember. They'll lock you in a room for like a, like days where they'll just feed you, but they lock you in a room by yourself. And this guy was explaining it to him. He said, he said all I saw was like all these – I was having a mental breakdown. They locked me in this room by myself and i just kept seeing all these images in my head i didn't know what was real and what wasn't real because he was having a giant break and he said it messed me up more than it helped me yeah that's there's um big reports of that i remember back in the 90s there was a big deal when or early 2000s there was a church member that they were trying to cure that ended up dying uh yeah their their main goal their main place is in clearwater florida and i was i was actually from that area so i knew a lot about that and actually that's actually another good topic for future history creeps is l ron hubbard and scientology Uh, yes it is there's a lot of real (laughs) (laughs) they don't take that stuff uh lying down they'll come after you that'll put us on the map uh but so are your th- is that your thoughts Johnny you feel like this was more of a case of mental illness than anything else well, well I said that to say that because according to their belief system of that particular uh way of thinking and belief uh, that's how they felt they could fix it so during the early the late or the late 40s Mate, well, something's going on over at somebody's house already. Yeah, that's my place. The fire is getting exercised. <laughs> There's somebody down the street's getting no, exercised. Well, you know what? You know what's really funny about this, I, and I don't know if you guys know this because I may be the only Catholic here, but um, according to the Catholic belief system, um, Jesus once said that all believers in Him, all Catholics have the power to drive out. Demons. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. He said it to one of his so, followers because his followers was like, how can you do that? Can you teach us? And he's like, you all have the power. It's something like if you all you have to do is believe in me and, and or something to that effect, yeah. I, I used that in my first book, actually. Ooh. So, but here's the thing. So why do you need an exorcist? Like why, like, why does the Catholic Church have these people that are trained to do this? Well, because... I think, I think in their... In their uh, way it's called they, I mean, is it person, like an industrial strength exercise well, kind of because they've kind of studied it and they've really uh you know just because i have the power to do something if i've never really uh, worked out that power or exercised that power or whatever it's like just like the compare <laughs> this is a weird comparison just like in the x-men 
You know, they have all these powers, but they don't know how to control them. So they go to this school to learn how to control them. Exactly. You know, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, to get back to what I was trying to say is, I don't know if this was a real, like this person was really possessed. I do think that's a possibility. I'm not going to say it can't happen. Right. But I don't know about in this case because it took place so long ago. And maybe this kid could have just been having a really terrible mental issue too at the same time. So I don't know. Right. Either way, I feel bad for the kid. Agreed. Yeah, I'll tell you, for me personally, um, I'm like you, Carter. There's a lot of things I've seen in my life that I couldn't explain. And it's I'm not just saying yep. it cryptically. Um, I'm saying it in terms of my father was Catholic. Uh, you know, my stepmother was Protestant. And then she got into a, a little religion called Santeria. Um, and when I learned about that and witnessed a few things i can definitely tell you there's a lot more to reality than what we understand or even see so if you're asking me if this could be possible this is possible yes it's definitely possible um i don't know if I, again like you said john it's been so lo- it was so long ago mental health and, and 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 mental you know illness is more understand now better than it was then so at that time it could have been it could have been a kid that was having seizures or having schizophrenia or or, or bipolar or who knows um, and they just didn't understand how to deal with that whereas nowadays there's all those checklists you know make sure it's not this make sure it's not this make sure it's not this uh, and when you basically run out of all the checklists and you still can't answer it and you you see stuff levitating in front of your own eyes, um, I don't know, man. You have to start wondering. I have these tapes, and I brought it up to you guys before. Um, actually, I don't know if Carter's heard this, but I, I know, Johnny, you know. I have these two cassette yeah. tapes. When I was younger in high school, um, I had a friend of mine who he was very interested in becoming um, a, a preacher. And he, there's a school up in out in Chicago called Hiles Anderson College. It, it trains, you know, these guys to become preachers and stuff. And while he was there, um, every week they had it wasn't church. It was cha- you guys know what chapel is like. It was almost like a church class. Yeah. He'd had they'd have yeah. chapel and they'd have guest speakers come and speak once in a while. And whenever they had the guest speakers, they'd record these sermons because then they'd sell them in the bookstore. You know, these tapes that you could these cassette tapes you could buy. So this guy came and he was a preacher that talked about having a radio show uh, down in Georgia. And one night he was doing his show and he got this call in and it was this girl on the phone with this like really angelic voice. And she's talking about how she was on her way home, uh, driving home from service. And she had felt compelled to, you know, call in because she was listening to the radio and nothing could come in it was static all the way across the board except his radio show and she thought it was weird and she was like it felt like a sign like she should just call in and just you know say hi and she could listen to his show and so he starts talking to her saying you know what our show is about you know we talk about god and, and jesus and all this stuff and he said the second he said jesus the angelic voice changed And all of a sudden it was this weird guttural sound and he was thrown off. And then he thought and then it cut right back to the angelic voice and she just kept talking like she didn't realize something had happened there in between. So he was he 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 talked to her a little more and decided to try again and said something about the blood of Christ. And sure enough, the the growling and this weird screeching sound came across the line and then right back to her, you know, just talking and saying, you know, I don't know about that. You know, that's not the kind of service I came from. 
So he tells her, you know, why don't you call me? Uh, I'm going to give you this phone number. Give me a call a little later, and I'd like to talk to you a little more about it. And she was like, all right, I'll try to do it when I get home. So he rushes to his office and sets up like now you're talking about he said I think he said this was in the 80s this happened. So it's those old school um, kind of answering machines and he's trying to figure out how to set it up so that they can record the phone call as it comes in. So he's got like a couple of guys helping him do it. And they finally set up this real crude way of recording it. And so he says and, and this is all happening during the sermon like he's telling the people at this school about this this happening. So he says that what he brought along with him is tapes of these recordings. And so you hear him move the mic down to the tape recorder and he hits play. And so you hear this girl call in and him answer the phone. And sure enough, this girl's got like this really high kind of really sweet sounding voice. Right. And so he's talking to her and asking her what kind of sermon she comes from. And basically you listen to it and you start to realize that her there, her dad's a warlock. Uh, and her and they worship like they they worship the devil like that's what they she says she says they do that and and then the conversations you hear later on during that they have back and forth she talks about like um rituals where they cut up babies like no lie it's the craziest sounding thing but he anyway he talks to her and as he's talking to her you hear all these different times when these demonic sounds come out and there's one time and I'll never forget it that the guy says something about the blood of Christ and this weird screeching sound comes out and she goes, I know I was there. I saw the whole bloody thing. Just like that. It is the most creepy. When I first heard these tapes, I was sitting in a pickup truck in the carport uh, of my friend's pickup truck. We were sitting in the carport. It was raining outside. And he was like, listen, you got to listen to these tapes. We had the volume up so high. When that came across the speakers, I swear, every goosebump on my body was just like, oh, it was the worst. Well, yeah, dude. I, I hope you gave your buddy a nice backhand after that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Well, wait until like I'm not going to tell you guys how this ends because it, it's it, it. There's a long story to it. The guy ends up inviting the girl to come to Georgia to visit him, and he pays for her airfare and stuff. And they perform an exorcism on her, and they film it and everything. And my my buddy was telling me how they watched the video of it as well. Um, but yeah, dude, it's so creepy. I have these two cassette tapes, and I, I all I got to do is go over to a buddy's house. He's got a. a He's got a, a player that I can use and hook up to my mixer, and I'm going to get it pulled off. I want to get the, the audio digital. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, we might, we might. I could wait. I could stand to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely let you know when that's ready to go. But no, but having listened to that, having been around certain things, I got to tell you, like I can't. I do this show because. I know I can't explain everything. I know there are really weird, creepy things in this world that, you know, it's just, that's just the way things are. And yep. if you ask me, I think it's a huge possibility that this kid did have problems with uh, some evil forces. That's well, definitely and what I was going to point out was uh, what you and Johnny were both saying earlier about the exorcist film. You know, about how if you show it to somebody now, they're just going to complain that it's too slow. Um, all, that's all of the stuff that, that you have to go through now, you know, to get an exercise. All the tests that they do on Reagan, all the psychological evaluations, all the all the when they take her to the Georgetown hospital and start running all those 
procedures on her and stuff. That's like probably what a quarter of the movie, a third of the movie. And that's why it takes so long because the church is like putting her through the paces, you know, that's what you have to go through now to get an exorcism. Yeah, it is crazy. It's, it's definitely tough. It's not easy to do. Um, so that's it. It makes you wonder if, if this was, you know, so easy back in the day, right? Could be. Yeah. Like I said, we used, we <laughs> talked about that, how things back in the day were much easier to get away with, much easier to pull off uh, case in point, DB Cooper. No one, you know, like you could just do things like that back in the day, but yeah, there's no way you could pull off a DB Cooper. That now. means you'd have to ha- get a lot of priests. If this is true recollections and accounts, you'd have to get a lot of priests to lie about witnessing these things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a good one for tonight. I think. I think uh, for those of you who didn't know what the story behind The Exorcist was, there you go. It's a. Uh, I want to bring up a side point. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. It's called Repossessed. Oh God, yes, with Leslie Nielsen and Linda Blair. <laughs> yes, if you it's a parody of The Exorcist, and if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it as well. It's absolutely amazing. It's so great. Yeah. Um, right before we go, I want to throw up a new update real quick. My, my wife tagged me in something on Facebook and said, uh, this should be a current creep. And really this does fall into stuff we talk about. You know, that Malaysian airline 370 that was, went vanished without a trace. No one's been able to find it. Yeah. Yeah. China, Australia, Malaysia, all the officials have suspended their search after three years. They've decided it vanished. They cannot find it. Oh man! I thought you were going to tell me they found it, man. I know that's what I thought. Too. <laughs> not yet, dude. Not yet. Somewhere Hurley's trying to figure out what those numbers mean. <laughs> Wait, Hurley's, the new le- Hurley's the new leader, man. Spoiler alert! <laughs> awesome. All right, guys, listen. <laughs> Carter, go watch Lost. Carter's totally lost. <laughs> Wait, is that the show with the smoke and the polar bears? That's the one, man. Oh, yeah. You're totally yeah, lost. Yeah, no thanks. You guys have fun with that. All right, guys. It it's was amazing. <laughs> as always, let's finish the show the way we normally do. Let's go ahead and uh, just tell the people where to find you aside from our podcast. Go ahead, uh, Carter. What's up? Uh, I'm Carter Johnson. Uh, you can find my books on Amazon, uh, House on Dead Boy Lane, Meadowview Road, and Spider's Web. And hopefully we'll be adding two more titles to that uh, later on this year. Nice. Are you on the, are you on the Instagrams yet? Are you on the Twitters? I am not on the on the Twitters or the Instagrams. Oh man, you but I am it. on Facebook. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Johnny, what's up? Uh, you can find me and my art at Johnnyism28. Also, my other podcast about old school video games is called Retro Blist. It's on the same network and on also on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. And also, I think it's starting soon. It should be uh, Into Oblivion is a podcast I did. The very first podcast show I'd ever do is coming back. So oh, it's pretty back. excited about that. Back with a vengeance. I can't wait. It's awesome. I'm marking out now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very uh, – I don't even know how to categorize it, but it's something. Yeah. It's, it's it, something. We mentioned it. We we all do other, other podcasts. I do Back Issues comic book podcasts with my brother Anthony over here. Tell them where they can find you, Anthony. Uh, get me on Instagram, Twitter, and Xbox Live at A-N-T-M-U-L-L-E. Did you enjoy listening to the show live? This was actually really fun. Did you know this story at all? I didn't know about that at all. You fucking creep. Do you think he was possessed or you didn't think it was mental illness? One or the other. Which one? Mental illness. It's very hard for me to go for possession. Just, yeah. There you go. 
Anthony weighs in. Uh, thanks so much again for listening, guys. You can find this podcast as well as other ones that Johnny mentioned, uh, Retro Bliss Into Oblivion, as well as other ones uh, out there on our network, BICBP-radio.com. Check it out. If you find anything you like on there, go to iTunes or Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, rate, give us some comments, let us know what you think. Thanks again so much for listening. Episode 28 of History Creeps in the Bag for Carter Johnson. For... Johnny Townsend for Anthony Mullen. This is Chris Chavez. Stay creepy.